Support comes from Clipper Vacations, offering getaways on the Clipper Fast Ferry to Victoria, B.C. Clipper Ferry and hotel packages from $250 per person. Enjoy historic charm, afternoon tea, and more. Terms and conditions apply. Details and booking at clippervacations.com. You're listening to Soundside. I'm Libby Dankman. One year ago this week, 23-year-old graduate student John V. Kandula was struck and killed by a speeding police cruiser in Seattle's South Lake Union neighborhood. The cruiser was traveling at 63 miles per hour when Kandula was hit. In September, body cam footage from after the incident was released to the public. In the footage, you can hear a police union leader who responded to investigate, joking about Kandula's death, saying to a fellow union leader that John V.'s life had limited value. Officer Daniel Otterer said in a statement that he was imitating and mocking what he saw as the coldness of city lawyers when he was on that call. The outcry over that tape was immediate and made global news. Celebrities, including Priyanka Chopra Jonas, condemned the comments. The Consulate General of India in San Francisco called for an investigation, and Mayor Bruce Harrell sent a condolence letter to John V's family nine months after her death. In a recommendation announced on Tuesday, the Office of Police Accountability, a police watchdog staffed by both civilians and SPD sergeants, called the comments and actions callous. OPA's director, Gino Betts, said Otter's words were derogatory, disturbing and inhumane. Betts said the comments undermined public trust in the department, himself and his colleagues. In a press release announcing these recommendations, the OPA stated that the officer who joked about John V's death had violated SPD's professionalism and bias-based policing policy. Whether the police department will take any further action here is still unknown. The disciplinary process is playing out. For some members of the South Asian American community, Kandula's death and its aftermath have been a rallying cry. Representatives from Indian American Community Services have testified and met with organizations and leaders from across the region after Kandula's death, including talking with the Community Police Commission earlier this month. I'm joined now by the executive director of Indian American Community Services, Lalita Upala, as well as two volunteers with the organization who have been pushing for more accountability Bipasha Mukherjee and Sriram Rajagopalan. Thank you very much, everybody, for being here and for sharing your thoughts on what's been happening and your struggle for more accountability here, especially on the anniversary of John V's death this week. It's an important time to be discussing this. Thank you, everybody, and welcome. Thank you, Libby, for having us. Lalita, I wanted to start with you. What is your reaction to this recommendation that was announced from OPA? Libby, uh, while I do not uh, intend to speak for Janvi's family and Janvi's mother, because that loss and that devastation is for them to speak to, I don't mean to speak for them here. I do represent the South Asian, the Indian American community uh, services as executive director, and I speak as a community member today that while the OPA's findings about the officer who made such callous and human remarks on Janvi's death have been encouraging for us as a community to read about and to know that there are recommendations that the OPA has put forward for Seattle Police Department, we would like to wait on this. We want to know what is the Seattle Police Department going to do with these findings? What is Mayor Bruce Harrell's office going to do with these findings? How are we going to address 
emergency responses and the police's role in our communities. Yeah. There was a meeting yesterday with the OPA and the command staff that are over Daniel Auditor, Otterer, and so we don't know the results of that meeting yet. The process is still playing out. What are your thoughts, Sriram, to the announcement from the OPA, and what are your hopes going forward? So it's, as Lolita said, it's good that there's uh, you know, a finding that's been issued, a strong finding. And what, how this plays out, we're still waiting to see. I think what I care about a lot is about accountability here. And that's really, I think, the part that we are looking to see is uh, we want, when things happen, like the unfortunate and very sad incident with Janavi Kandula, that we look into what happened, we learn from that experience, and we have accountability for people if they should have behaved differently. And I think that is the part that we are looking for. And as Lolita said, it's still a long road. It's a slow road. So at this point, we we still have a long way to go before this process plays out. Bipasha, same question to you, your initial reactions to what the OPA said this week. I'm glad to hear about this investigation. I'm glad to hear the statements that were issued. And the statements certainly point to people's awareness that the comments that Officer Auditor made were honestly inhuman. And it would hurt anybody, not just people from India, to listen to their, to someone talk about their child in this way, to someone talk about their loved one in this way. So for me personally, the jury is still out in terms of where this will land but I am still glad that it is moving in the right direction. We really are talking about two investigations here, of course. There is the investigation into the call and Daniel Otter's comments that were caught on the body cam tape. He was investigating what happened when Officer Kevin Dave struck and killed John V. Condula. Officer Dave is going through a different disciplinary and investigation process with the prosecutor's office and within SPD and the accountability agencies. Lolita, what is your perspective on how the Dave investigation should go forward? I would say that when we went in as Indian American Community Services to talk to uh, the CPC, we talked about how current policies around um, emergency responses are vague, that it leaves the officer responding to that emergency situation to decide what speed they should be driving at. But there is very little precedence in policies in terms of how do police officers, when they are responding to situations like this, or when they are speaking about this to each other or to community, what is the response that comes? How do how do we bring in humane approaches? How do we bring in culturally nuanced approaches? How do we keep in mind that the day-to-day jobs that we are doing do have an angle for compassion, do have uh, humane approaches that we have to add to our day-to-day work and that there is no excuse to coming out to being inhuman 
regardless of the number of powers that we would have worked on that situation. And with that, we are actually, as an organization, we are very grateful for ACLU. We are working with ACLU right now. Um, ACLU is um, working on HB 1445, the bill that is going to be presented to Washington State Legislature to vote on, which will allow the Attorney General's office additional powers to step into investigations like this. And I'm really hopeful that communities will step up to support this uh, bill that will be introduced in Washington State Legislature, that we will each reach out to our elected representatives and ask them to step up and speak up on this bill. Bipasha and Sriram, I need to bring up Otter's explanation of what he was saying on that phone call. He's arguing that he was joking with a fellow union official about how callous city attorneys could be in assigning a dollar amount to a young woman's life and that the tape that was caught on the body cam doesn't actually represent how he felt about um, John V's life or or her tragic death. Um, And I think that a lot of us may understand that we say things out of turn sometimes. We make terrible jokes or we say things that are trying to help us deal with a tragic event in front of us. And they don't represent maybe the whole of how we are feeling or or public comments that we would want to be heard anywhere. On the other hand, these are police officers on the job who are public servants and are, are held to a higher standard. Bipasha and then Sriram, what do you make of what Otter has said about his comments. I agree with you, Libby, that we all say things that if publicized would make us seem like a certain type of person when maybe we are not. But I will also echo what you just said. He is speaking in his capacity as a police officer, in his role as a public servant, which is a term you used and I would like to emphasize. And I think those comments overlay on an opinion about policing in this entire country that people are wary of. And I will say that I think the wariness to a certain degree has been earned by police departments across the country. I will also say that there are lots of police officers who do excellent work. So this is not about broad brush painting entire groups black or white, but because we're human and we're complex and systems are made up of humans, so systems are also complex. I would love to see police departments own the fact that they do things that break trust within communities as much as they will also own the good things they do. That would be a factual, more nuanced picture. And I think most human beings might look at the image and say, okay, I can see this and I can see that. But very often for especially marginalized communities, it comes across as a more defensive response of like, we're doing all this good stuff, but you're not seeing it. So his comments overlay on a general experience lots of people in the community have with the police. And as such, they need to be taken in that context. Um, I can't speak to the 
context in which he was having this conversation, I wasn't there. But I think it's obvious to him, to Seattle PD and many other police departments, that it just does not come across well. And it's not just because it's we, we're making up a scenario in our head about police and their role in our communities. I think it's it's because there is a reason lots of communities do not trust police response. And I just want to note that we have invited Seattle Police Officers Guild and the president, Mike Solon, who was the other side of the phone call with Daniel Otterer on the show. We spoke with him last week about the hiring issue at SPD. And it's an open invitation to come back on and discuss these recommendations from OPA or anything else involving this case. Sriram, any reflection on what we've been talking about here so far today? Anything else you want to add? I just want to add a couple thoughts. One is what office, you know, we've talked about what Officer Odver said, and but there's also the, and you know, and how it's inhumane, but there's also the perspective of how it makes the community feel. I think as Bipasha mentioned, we've, we've been in an environment where a lot of marginalized communities feel that they're treated in a different way by the police department, police officers. And so in an environment like that, when you hear another officer minimize the life of somebody from a you know from a, a minority or marginalized community, it hits you hard, and it kind of just feels like you know it's one of those things where how do we heal when we keep hearing this kind of stuff again and again and again? And I think and, and I think that's the that's part of what it feels like is how is it going to get better? When will it get better? And as you know, the other perspective I want to share is the Officer was driving very fast, uh, 74 miles an hour in a city street in Seattle. That, I mean, that does not feel safe, uh, period. And what Officer Arderer said, you know, the insensitivity. And these are things that I think we're saying we want to see change in the police department from this. We want to see policy changes. We want to see training changes. We want to see police officers behave in a way that makes the community feel safe, feel like we can, we, and, you know, over time build trust. And I think that is what we are really pushing for is to get to a police force that we feel that way about. I think we all want that and we feel like it's still, it's a long way to go and it's been, it's a very, very slow process. And, you know, I personally would love for this process to move faster Well, I just want to emphasize again, the King County Prosecuting Attorney's Office released a statement to Cairo 7 saying that when KCPAO makes a charging decision relating to the collision that has been referred to us involving Officer Kevin Dave and Ms. Kandula, the office will share that information with the public. So that probe or uh, review is still ongoing. That's with the prosecuting attorney's office. We don't have the latest on what the disciplinary process involved with Kevin Dave, again, who was behind the wheel of that cruiser, is at SPD or with any of the accountability agencies. But we do know that Officer Daniel Otter, the responding, investigating member of the police union who was on a phone call mocking the situation. There has been a recommendation released this week by the Office of Police Accountability that sustained the finding that the words were derogatory, disturbing and inhumane and that they undermined public trust in the department. And Officer 
Otter's colleagues. So that disciplinary meeting occurred yesterday between OPA and the department and his chain of command. And we will report on how this all plays out going forward. Lalita Upala or any of my guests, would you like to have one last thought here before we go about your hopes for the next steps in accountability for what happened to John V? Libby, I will just say from the Indian American Community Services that our recommendation and our ask of the CPC was that this policy on emergency driving is vague and it leaves much to the officer's individual discretion. A more precise weighing of that of the risks and benefits must be brought into that policy. The culture, the conversations, when police officers step into their line of duty, what is the policy around how an officer speaks about community members? What training and what policies need to be put into place and what accountability measures should be put into place so that officers have a roadmap to their jobs and to understand that we in the BIPOC communities, and I am being a, a bit presumptuous to speak for my for members of my Black Indigenous uh, colleagues and partner communities, but I will say that the if this is happening in a more privileged immigrant refugee community, I shudder and I struggle to wonder what happens to the most vulnerable in our communities and that it's time to take that action. And that's our request of Seattle Police Department. That's our request of Mayor Bruce Harrell and the city of Seattle. That's Lalita Upala, Indian American Community Services Executive Director. And she was joined by two volunteers with the organization who have also been pushing for accountability, Bipasha Mukherjee and Sriram Rajagopalan. Thank you, everybody, so much for the conversation. And I look forward to covering your work going forward. Thanks, Libby. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, you, Libby. Up our conversation. Uh, As we wrapped up our conversation, Bipasha Mukherjee wanted to add one more point, and it was a message for John V. Condola's family. But we hold her family in our hearts and in our thoughts. That's important because they are going through the hellish process of dealing with the child's death. Thanks for listening to Soundside. This show is only possible because listeners support us. If you're able to give right now, please check out the show notes for a link to donate. And don't forget, you can listen live on KUOW 94.9 FM Seattle at noon and 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday or anytime online at KUOW.org. Seattle in the 90s. A tidal wave of iconic music roars out of this sleepy city and launches a pop culture revolution. Here's a story you haven't heard. Let the Kids Dance is a new podcast about the rise and fall of Seattle's teen dance ordinance, the law that made it illegal for young people to go to concerts. A story of moral panic, grassroots activism, and an unstoppable music community that fought for its freedom. Listen to Let the Kids Dance from KUOW and the NPR Network.